Sports, politics, life. Back Nine Development presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Online at backninedevelopment.com. Well, we can start on this Tuesday by praying for peace in Washington, D.C., on the mall, where there's going to be a massive pro-Israel rally on this Tuesday. Beautiful weather. They're expecting tens of thousands of people to show up, and we can only hope that the bad guys don't want to cause trouble there. And this is going to be, it's crazy that we've got these things going on in America. And I know we're the the beacon and the home of free speech and demonstration and we all want to make a difference peacefully in our own way, but it seems impossible that this is going to be continuing to be peaceful in the United States. It has not already been completely peaceful. We've had one Jewish man beaten up and died at a at an event where he was, I guess, he showed up at some pro-Palestine kind of thing. And you know, the media doesn't want to cover much of the violence or things that are happening out there, but it is ugly. All the posters that are being ripped down. This is a one-sided deal. This isn't close, and I'll, I'll continue to say it all throughout this. You either are an American first or you are not an American first. And I think this is a very important distinction. You can even be putting your faith ahead of being an American. You can be a Christian, certainly before an American. You can value your family before you're an American. But when it comes to issues of conflict between groups of people, especially based on religion, or gender, or skin color, or anything of these nature, this nature, it's pretty easy to choose most sides in all these things and say, well, which one is actually against America as a whole? And what I don't understand is these pro-Gaza, these pro-Hamas, these pro-Palestinian people, how many of them are actually American citizens? When I see college students causing trouble, I immediately think they're not from here, and that they're not students. And that we allow this, and I don't see how they're protected under our Constitution just because they're on our soil. And if they're causing trouble here, and our official stance is quite simple, that we stand with Israel as a nation, we should be cracking down on this. We shouldn't be allowing non-citizens to be ripping posters down and, and agitating and irritating the rest of the American population. It's a simple question. Have you ever watched... Jewish terrorists fly airplanes into buildings in this country? Have you ever heard of Jewish terrorists strapping bombs on themselves and blowing up schools? I haven't. I've missed those stories. And we can sit here and the White House can talk about anti-Muslim hate or anti-Muslim propaganda or bias or whatever they want to talk about against Muslims. I have no ill will toward anybody that's Muslim. I have ill will toward terrorists that are Muslims, and Hamas are Muslim terrorists. That's quite obvious. Remember, if Hamas hadn't lobbed several hundred missiles into Israel on October 7th, there would be peace. This was negotiated decades ago, and Israel didn't really like it, to be honest with you. It hasn't been a great go for Israel. They're surrounded by people that hate them and want to eradicate them from the planet. But they agreed to it. And said, as long as there's peace, there's peace. The second that's broken, and it's always been on the fringes, it's broken constantly, but not like it was on October 7th. Once this happened, Israel's going to do what it has to do to eradicate the threat to its own people. I just hope this rally is peaceful today in Washington, D.C. It is said to be a spectacular weather day, which means a lot of people are going to show up. There will be GOP officials there. 
We expect members of Congress and the House of Representatives to be there. We have not gotten nearly as much word about Democrats being at the pro-Israel rally. It does not look like Biden or anybody officially from the White House staff is going to be there. So we'll see. And kind of a sort of a related story, but not a completely related story. There's an interesting video, and I'll play you the audio of this clip. This is Senator Chris Coons. He's from Delaware. And he's on the Amtrak train. Apparently, this is the famous Amtrak train that Joe Biden used to always take and tell stories about riding the train. And I don't ride it. I've ridden the train a couple of times, but I'm not an expert on the train. There are apparently quiet cars where there is no talking. My guess is the quiet cars where there is no talking is expensive, and it's set up for celebrities, politicians, people that don't want to be bothered by anyone else, that I can ride on the train and be left alone. Senator Chris Coons from Delaware is on there riding the train. He's in the quiet car where you're not allowed to talk. It's like the library. You're not allowed to bother others. When a man named Aaron Maté, I believe it's Maté, he'll say his name here on the tape, from something called Gray Zone News, walks up with his iPhone and starts pestering Chris Coons about why he is not for a ceasefire in Gaza. So this is a pro-Palestinian reporter asking questions of a United States senator who is a Democrat that supports Israel. And as you listen to this, I'm only asking one question to go in. I believe in journalism. I And the man apparently bought the seat right next to Chris Coons. And I believe in his right to ask the question, but at what point does this reporter go too far? This is about a minute and a half of the exchange, and that's not all of it. I cut it short. It's about three minutes long. Is this reporter okay or is he not okay and by the way Chris Coons who you know he's a Democrat I don't have a lot great to say about him but I think he's better than most Democrats handles himself I think beautifully in this exchange Senator I'm sorry to put you on the spot but why why not call for a ceasefire in Gaza I'm a journalist name's Aaron Matte why not call for a ceasefire in Gaza you have 46 4,600 children killed. This is 46. I know it's a quiet card. I apologize for abuse. I understand, but children are dying. Children are dying, sir. More than 40. When I call for a cease, they're being killed with our weapons. U.S. weapons are killing kids in Gaza. Who are you? My name is Aaron Matte. I'm a journalist. Nice to meet you, Aaron. Likewise. Please stop talking to me. I'm sorry, sir. It's of dire importance. More than 11,000 civilians, as we're talking, being killed. I'm a journalist. With For? For the gray zone. What's the gray zone? It's a it's a U.S. based uh, news website. Good for you. Thank you. And and right now with Aaron, with our support, kids stop. are being killed. I'm sorry. I, with our please weapons, stop. I'm asking you to explain why not call Aaron, for a ceasefire. You're bothering me and everyone else around. Kids in Gaza are being massacred. Okay. I'm asking you Aaron, please explain why not call for Aaron, a ceasefire. Stop, sir. Could I please have some help here? Kids are being killed please with our stop. weapons. I'm asking you to. Stop. Why not stop this the, is why not, not call for the stopping of them? It, it's a crisis How right did you now. Get this seat? I bought the seat. No. He's bothering me while He's I'm trying to And our government is paying for weapons that are murdering children. Guys, I'm asking him why not call for a ceasefire. Aaron. Can you explain that? Please stop. Can I ask you to explain why I call for You've a ceasefire? You've already asked me five times. I'm not going to call for explain? a ceasefire. I strongly support humanitarian causes. I've urged the Israeli government to target their campaign against Hamas. But you need Do you think to the stop. campaign is targeting against Hamas when Aaron, civilians are being massacred, Aaron, when babies and incubators are, are dying because the fuel is being cut off? I'm going to have you thrown off this train. All right, so there's the exchange. I thought Chris Coons handled himself really well. 
And eventually it ended, or at least the tape ended. The man put the whole thing out. And I don't know the reporter, what he was looking for. He eventually got a little bit of an answer as well from Chris Coons saying, here's why I support what I support. So maybe Coons shouldn't have done that. If he made any mistake at all was he eventually gave an answer and started talking about the things that the reporter wanted him to talk about. But I got to be honest with you, that takes a lot of nerve. It's the quiet car. You are not supposed to talk. You're not supposed to engage anyone. That's the rules. Now, the reporter didn't care. He was going to get his tape. And if he got kicked off the train at the next stop, he was going to get kicked off the train. He clearly didn't care. And there is freedom in America. And I guess Amtrak technically is a public space. There is no real privacy there. There would be privacy where the engineer is, just like there's privacy in a cockpit on an airplane. But I think when you're flying on an airplane, you realize you're sort of in a public space. You're sharing this area with other people. I don't think he committed any crime here. I don't think this is the end of the world. But it is amazing to me that we're seeing things for the first time, based a lot of things for the first time, based on support of Hamas and the terrorists in Palestine. They're out there doing things and agitating in ways that are disturbing to all of us that we really haven't seen before. And it is a sign that there will be escalation. When we see things in our society like this, did we know there was a quiet car? Have we ever seen anybody do this? Have we seen people ripping down posters like we're seeing with these terrorist supporters? Have we heard and seen the things on college campuses that we're hearing? And the backlash from big Jewish companies and big Jewish firms is massive to these institutions. They're cutting back on all of the money that they donate and and give to Harvard and a whole bunch of these institutions. It's been crazy. We're seeing things over this that we've never seen before. The reason I bring that up is I believe firmly that when we start to see things that are not hurting people, we hate them. We look at it and go, boy, this is disgusting and despicable. When you see things and hear things you haven't heard before, you know there will be an escalation. You know there will be. It's the same game plan every time. But in this case, it's a different group of people. It's people who haven't really been in the battle here. Not sure a lot of these pro-Hamas people were marching with BLM or at the gay pride rally. Not sure that's really their thing. But if ever anybody was going to take it up a notch in this country, it will be these people. It's frightening. And we've chronicled on this podcast that we don't know exactly who's in this country right now. We've got millions of people that we don't know that are here. And it's getting more dangerous. And there's itchy trigger fingers everywhere. Have you heard this story at all? I saw this on Jesse Waters. Didn't even know this story happened. Couldn't really find anything about it. Naomi Biden is the granddaughter of Joe Biden. She lives in Georgetown, a ritzy place in Washington, D.C. And she has a Secret Service detail. And part of the detail is an unmarked van that apparently they either drive her in or they have agents in it and things of this nature. There's more than one car and more than one agent for her. Three carjackers, thugs, break in, start smashing windows on this unmarked van that belongs to the Secret Service. A shot is fired by the Secret Service at the perpetrators. There were three of them. One shot was fired at three. Secret Service says, we don't know if we hit anybody. We didn't detain anybody. We didn't arrest anybody. And we don't have any suspects. 
Naomi Biden wasn't there or they would have been in the van. There was nobody in the van. We know there was nobody in the van because they walked up and smashed the windows. These three thugs wouldn't have done it if there were secret service agents sitting in the van. So it was an empty van and they're not supposed to fire their weapon unless there's grave danger. It doesn't sound like that was the situation. So this could have been a mistake by a secret service agent. There's a lot of problems here. He missed whoever he shot at. That's a little scary. Secret service agent missed. Then they said they didn't apprehend anybody. They didn't arrest anybody. They have no suspects. This is the president's granddaughter. We've had a fence climber at RFK's house trying to get to him. Do you see the pattern here? Does anybody see what's going on? This wasn't targeting Naomi Biden, but we have such a dangerous country now that in Georgetown, the Secret Service van is being busted into by carjackers. And what does everybody in the media do? They repress the story. Why? They don't want you to know about the crime in this country. They don't want you to know that in ultra, uber-rich, very safe Georgetown, Washington, D.C., that the president's granddaughter is in danger of random crime. Forget targeted crime. They don't want you to know that she's just in danger living there, for God's sake. And the Secret Service is firing their weapons at carjackers, breaking into a Secret Service van. It's a bad year for the Secret Service. Look, I believe in the Secret Service, but I think they're like everything else in our government right now. I think they're being run and operated by fools that are handcuffing them in almost everything they do. We saw this with the White House cocaine story. The Secret Service investigated the White House cocaine story. By the way, just today, the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom has posted a photo of the cocaine at the White House in the little cubby. Our first picture of it has been released. That's got to be somebody in the Secret Service that leaked it. Somebody inside the White House has leaked a photo of the cocaine. The White House has still not said emphatically that it did not belong to a Biden or a member of the Biden family, which should be very easy for them to say, and they haven't said it. And it should be very easy for them to say it doesn't belong to anybody in the West Wing, any member of the cabinet, that this was a tourist, this was... This was happenstance. This was whatever. They know exactly whose cocaine it was, and they will not tell the American people. And the Secret Service is sold down the river to look like a bunch of stooges that can't figure anything out. Well, the Secret Service investigated, and we don't know whose it is, and that's the end of this case. Well, not now, because now there's a picture of the cocaine. At the same time, we have a Secret Service agent firing a shot at a carjacker at a random unmarked van that belongs to the Secret Service in Georgetown. We are not serious. I don't know how many times I've said this on this podcast since Joe Biden was elected. We are not a serious country. We are not serious. We have incredibly capable people in the Secret Service, the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice. We're not letting any of them do the work that they are assigned to, that they are ultimately assigned to do and sworn to do. They're not doing any of the work for public safety. None of it. They're doing so little work on public safety that the president's granddaughter's secret service van is attacked by carjackers. Randomly. Not terrorists. How easy will this be for the Palestinians and Hamas? I'm just asking the questions. If we can't figure out how cocaine got to the West Wing... If we can't apprehend somebody breaking into the president's granddaughter's secret service van, if we can't know that Hunter Biden's laptop was real, 
I mean, it's one story after another. If we can't do these things, how easy will this be for Hamas? When they decide, what do they decide to do? Well, this is easy. You, I'm, I'm going to say it. You're not supposed to talk about this stuff, but I'm just going to say it. All right, these crazy people are not afraid to blow themselves up. They don't care. They think there's virgins waiting for them. It's, it's nutty. They're taught this from like age three. Of course you believe it. If the people that, that raise you, that you respect, teach this to you, you will believe it. And how hard would it be to strap on all those explosives and get close to that Secret Service detail? That doesn't sound hard. If the van's just sitting there and three thugs in D.C. are just trying to break in and steal some electronics, it doesn't sound really hard for Hamas, especially in winter, when you can have all kinds of heavy coats on around all the stuff you're going to be wearing, to get close to Naomi Biden's detail? That doesn't sound hard at all. We have no detail for RFK Jr. He's number three in the polls for president of the United States, and he has no protection. He literally has people climbing the fences of his house trying to get in to kill another Kennedy. And we don't give him secret service. We are not serious in any way. We are just asking this election year for some of the worst, most senseless deaths you've ever seen. We are begging for it. How can RFK not have secret service? For God's sake, he lost his dad and his uncle. There's a history in that family. He's going to get votes, folks. He's in this race. What if Biden and Trump both die in the next year? Who's the front runner? I mean, my God, we're just never serious about any of this stuff. And I just constantly see it going on and on and on. And you just shake your head and wonder, what the world are we doing? Makes you want to think about football is what it does which is, as you know, my escape. The golf course and a good football game are my two escapes in this world. Could be a lot worse than that. (laughs) I'm not the Shawnee city manager sending creepy porn to people. That's good. You You know, you never have to worry about losing your job for like taking pictures of yourself if you don't take pictures of yourself, right? That's a pretty good policy. (laughs) Oh, Super Bowl rematch, Chiefs and Eagles. Here you go, Chiefs fans. If you're ready to catch the reigning champions in action against the Eagles, Tickets for Less is your go-to destination for all things Chiefs. And I mean all things. It is the place to be for all the action. Tickets for Less offers the best selection of Chiefs tickets, parking, and VIP tailgate passes. It's your one-stop shop for the ultimate game day experience. Never any added service fees. And one-of-a-kind cart option on the website and the app. The best part of that option is the KKHI promo code. You will always save between 5 and 15% on Chiefs tickets every single time at ticketsforless.com. And there are no fees added. With Chiefs games coming at a premium price these days, you don't want to mess around. Other sites charge up to 30% and more in fees. Ticketsforless.com. No fees, no transparent prices, and always an extra discount with the promo code KKHI. If you just want to call them directly and get your Chiefs tickets, have them walk you through the seating chart, they're happy to do it. They have a local number here just for Chiefs fans. 913-685-3322. That's 913-685-3322. Every seat holds a story. Find yours at ticketsforless.com.
BeeStock.com. BeeStock.net is getting ready for Black Friday. Later this week, we're going to have their Black Friday deals for you at BeeStock.net, and they're telling me it is going to be epic this holiday season. They're kicking it all off right now with the half-price 85-inch Samsung QLED Smart TV. This is an overstock sale. They have too many of them. While supplies last, half-price $899, regularly $1,800, now just $899. Why the deal? This is simply an overstock item. They have way too many of them, and they will cut you a deal to deliver this to you anywhere in the Kansas City area. Really, anywhere. You could be two hours away and they'll deliver it to you. It's just going to cost a little more. But they'll bring it to you. You live in Salina or Jefferson City and you want this TV, they'll bring it to you. There's a price for that. It's going to be less than what it, I mean, you're still going to save money because it's half price. Ridiculous. Also, limited time only. If anyone's looking to upgrade their setup, buy any Dell, HP, or Lenovo business desktop and get a Dell 24-inch monitor absolutely free. Call bstock.net anytime and ask them, do you have this or can you get this? 913-800-1419. bstock.net. And my guys at Cross Kitchens would love to come to your house and take a look at your remodeling project. Maybe you just have questions you want to ask. The process is so simple with Tim and Brittany. They're so easy to get along with. You say, hey, is this possible? Can we do this? What if we only do this? What if we don't want to do this part? What will it look like if we just do this part? They're so great at this. They have a design team and they'll do a 3D rendering. They'll walk you through the whole deal and then they'll walk away and say, here's what it costs. You let us know if you're interested in doing it. It really is a wonderful experience with a family-owned and operated remodeling company, Cross Kitchens, kc.com, 816-898-7047. I came across this story. We haven't really talked about the, the famous actor. My wife's favorite show, I think of all time, is Friends. And she loved Matthew Perry, who played Chandler Bing on the show. And he died here a few weeks ago in his hot tub in Los Angeles. A couple days after posting his last social media post, which was a little weird. It said, who knew that the warm water would be so soothing or something like that? Matt man. And we're learning that Matthew Perry, when he was on drugs and feeling invincible, referred to himself as Matt man. He had a nickname for himself. I don't think that's unusual. I've seen people that, that call themselves different names or something when they drink. You know, their inhibitions are down. They're feeling like they're the king of the world. I've seen people in that state before, and you hear that every now and then. An ex-girlfriend is now saying it just doesn't add up, that he, there's no way he just drowned in that spa, in that hot tub. And she thinks he relapsed. And they said, well, wait, there were no prescription medications in the house. They've already said no fentanyl or prescription drugs were part of this. And apparently now they've ruled out heart attack because at the first blush, they were like, well, we believe he had a heart attack. And when that happened, he drowned. The ultimate cause of death is drowning, but he had a heart attack that obviously would put you in a bad state in a hot tub. People do have heart attacks in a hot tub. It happens a lot. Hot tubs, if you're in there very long, can be very dangerous for your health. Everybody knows that. He was alone. The ex-girlfriend, who was also later his assistant, and they remained friends, says this just doesn't add up. And what really bothered her was the, the social media post the day before or two days before where he referred to himself as Matt Man. And she said, that's a tell. When he's referring to himself as Matt Man, he's high. And that she saw that over and over and over. She said he always took, took drugs alone. 
she never took drugs with him, and that he would only get enough drugs for one high. He was really paranoid about having him around the house or getting caught, like he was sneaky. He'd go get some drugs, he'd take the drugs, and then the next day he wouldn't have any drugs in the house. I mean, she's saying it all here, that what she's saying makes sense. Now, we don't know if that's true or not, but a lot of people are asking why they're withholding the information about Matthew Perry. And man, he was really, really great on that show. And he was, a, despite all his failings, we're all human beings. He's an easy guy to root for, man. He wore this on his sleeve. and was like, I've got this huge problem and I'm trying so hard. And he set up the Perry Rehab Center and donated millions and millions of dollars to try to help others. And I, I know that every Friends fan is hoping that toxicology comes back that there was nothing that he just slipped and drowned or had a heart attack and drowned or something like that. We will have to wait and see. Oh, here's a good one. There's a, this is a, mostly we got Dem on Dem crime here, but this is kind of fun. There's a, there's an outfit called, oh gosh, what the heck is the name of this thing? This is the ESC, Endometriosis South Coast. It's a charity. It is an inclusive charity that works for women's health concerning endometriosis. They have hired a new CEO named Steph Richards. Steph Richards is a biological male who previously said, quote, you can change your sex a little bit, unquote, but apparently not all the way. I, I don't know. I can't keep score on this stuff. But they, this, this woman's charity for a disease, endometriosis, that uh, an illness that only women can get, period. This is like, this has something to do with the uh, irritation or dysfunction on the wall of the uterus. Like, you have to be born female to suffer from endometriosis. And they've hired a trans female who says she's working for all women. And boy, these people have just gone nuts. Let Women Speak founder Kelly J. Keene said the announcement, quote, ignores women and takes issues with the language used in the ESC online post. Quote, everyone has lost their collective minds. The losers are women who suffered from endometriosis, who have to rely on a charity that will not call them women, but calls them people. But who will call a man a woman? Keen also called the move by ESC, quote, an absolute disaster and an insult to women who suffer from endometriosis. I think it's doubly insulting they will use female language for him, but not for those of us that may suffer from the condition. Exactly. So this is going to be our theme. We're told today we can't be who we are. You can't be a male. You can't be white. You can't be Christian. You can't be middle-aged. You can't be this. You can't use this word. It's, it's unfair. We have to strip it all. We can't have statues. We can't have flags. You can't wear that pin. You can't do this. You got to bring your Christmas stuff down. It's offensive. Unless it is really far left. And then you can just do whatever the whole hell you want. Carolyn Fisk is the director of Conservatives for Women, clearly on the opposite side of all this, calls it an insulting appointment. And that's exactly right. But this is how it works. You can't be a woman, but we're proud of you if you're a man that says you're a woman. Along those lines, we have Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World has announced that they're giving pronoun pins to their employees. They're starting with the custodial department because they're the bathroom attendants. 
It is optional, so it's not mandatory. It's voluntary. But it's going to be for everyone that works there. Nothing like taking your six-year-old or seven-year-old to Disney World and having them ask you, what the heck is this? What exactly is this? He, she, they, them. Oh, come on. They're going to be everywhere at Disney World, and nobody wants to see it. So we're literally living in an area So we are literally living in an era where you can't be yourself unless what? Unless you're a freak. You have to be among the most fringe people in our society today in order to be yourself. That's really what bothers me more than anything else because I like being myself and I can't stand it when somebody says, there's too many people like you, so you can't be yourself. We just need to recognize all these other people that are all this other way. I can't tell you how sick that makes me. And this is... This is the epitome of that. This is just, it's, it's everywhere. And Disney doing what they're doing, I, I don't, I mean, you just, you've got to be kidding me. We're going to load Disney up with pronoun pins. Disney World, it's just nuts. These people. KKHI is brought to you by MyPillow.com. It's the holiday season. There's all kinds of good stuff there. They have a half-price towel set now. You get towels for $29.99, a towel set at MyPillows.com. MyPillow.com slash KKHI or just MyPillow.com and at checkout in the promo code box, type in KKHI. $29.99 towel sets. They've got all kinds of great discounts right now. Some items up to 50% off. KKHI is the maximum promo code. There is no better promo code than that. It's the lowest price you'll get on any item. And you want to check these out. All kinds of great gifts. How about for your pooch? How about a pet blanket or a dog pillow for this holiday season for your pooch? Or maybe get it before Thanksgiving. Yeah, why not? Classic My Pillows are on sale, premium pillows on sale, and gift ideas like nice warm slippers and robes and pajamas this holiday season. MyPillow.com. Great American-made products that are affordable. MyPillow.com, promo code KKHI, and don't forget MyStore.com. They've got all kinds of great gift ideas there as well. At MyStore.com, your promo code is also KKHI. Aminis, this is Aminis. Hey, you want to do something fun this winter? You're going to be inside now the next few months. You want to make your home a lot more interesting to be in during these winter months? How about a game table? How about air hockey, foosball, pinball, golden tee, a pool table, a shuffleboard table, all kinds of great games at Amini's 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. They also now feature saunas, like real saunas that you can put in your home. You can build them in or they can be freestanding. Check them out on the showroom. You get great health benefits from Asana. This is much more affordable than trying to build it custom into your home. They're modular and they're incredible. 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. This is Aminis. And the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan. If you've got an event coming up this winter for business in Manhattan, maybe you'd like to stay at the Bluemont Hotel or if you're planning on going to a college basketball game, KUK State, something like that, maybe Texas, Kansas State, or a big game, and you want to stay at the Blue Mont Hotel, just give them a call at 785-473-7091 or log on to bluemonthotel.com. It's Manhattan's number one hotel. There's even still some time left with this great weather to stay there and play at Colbert Hills. They'll package that together for you for $110. You can stay the night and play around at Colbert Hills. If you'd like to do that still this fall with this great weather we're having, call right now. 
Make it happen. It's BluemontHotel.com. Okay, on to sports, and here we go. Jason Bean, the Kansas Jayhawks quarterback. It looks like he's going to be starting against Kansas State on Saturday night. This is not a surprise. When we heard after the game that Bean suffered from a head injury, the first thing we thought, well, you don't pass concussion protocol right then and there. They're going to err on the side of caution, so he's out for the game, but he'll be back this week. Bean did not practice on Sunday evening, which is usually a very light workout, a walkthrough type thing. But Lance Leipold has said that he is very optimistic that Jason Bean will be able to play Saturday against K-State. So I'm not surprised there. Two other Big 12 issues here as we're heading into the Sunflower Showdown this week and the Super Bowl rematch, which is going to be a blast, a fun football week. Sorry, Mizzou, you've just been so good. We're not even talking about you in Florida because we just assume you're going to route them like you routed Tennessee. But I got a lot of feedback from my comments yesterday about an empty stadium at the end of the KU game. And it was bad, and more people needed to stay. I don't think anybody thought Kansas was going to come back and tie that game. I, I, I'm going to give the I'm going to give I'm going to I'm going to sh- shift part of the blame as I did earlier this year. A lot of you think, oh, you're being a K State homer, this and that. I blasted the Big Twelve Conference earlier this year, and I implored Gene Taylor at Kansas State to change the rule in season at K State to not allow fans to leave at halftime and come back in. When you allow fans to leave at halftime, many of them, perhaps most of them, will not come back in. They just went to the parking lot. They're grilling up a cheeseburger and having a cold beer. They've watched a half of football. It's, the SEC does not allow this, by the way. It is not allowed in the SEC. The Big 12 should implement that policy immediately at the end of this year. It should be the first thing they do. Kansas didn't have fans in the seat at the end of that game. Now, there were multiple reasons. One of the reasons was that they gave up on their team. Clearly, you didn't think that Ballard was going to bring them back. I get it. Most people didn't. It looked awful for a long time, and you thought KU had no chance of winning that game. But in the end, when they got it tied up, it was one of those momentum things where we've seen this before in college athletics. You just tied the game with 20-some seconds left. That's where all the momentum shifts. You get it to overtime, and you win because it's all on your side. But they didn't have any of that. The fans were sort of stunned that it was tied, the ones that were there, and then whoop, 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 downfield they went and kicked a game-winning field goal in 20-some seconds, and it was, it was flat. But if you don't allow people to leave and come back in, they cannot leave and stay out as their own option. They'll stay. People will stay through halftime. Trust me, they will. And it's a league problem as well as a Kansas problem. But I do understand on that particular game that nobody thought Kansas was going to come back. I mean, it looked really dire for them all day with Jason Bean out of the game. It'll look better Saturday night. He'll throw the ball around and look better. It's going to be better. The big story around Kansas State is their scenarios to get into the Big 12 title game. We said yesterday, I just refuse to believe that Oklahoma beating Texas isn't a tiebreaker. Well, what the Big 12 decided was this. So forget all these tiebreaker scenarios. I called my buddy Todd Lebo yesterday over at Sports Radio 810. I said, hey, Todd. What? He said, I, uh-uh, Kevin, no. He said, there are too many scenarios left. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait until after this week's game, and then we'll break it down. Let's just see who all wins this week and then figure it out. Pretty good rationale, to be honest. But the bottom line for Kansas State is, despite the fact that the there, there's, if you, if you bunch them into four teams, because... K-State's going to play KU and Iowa State. So if they win those two games, it's all predicated on winning those two. If, and they haven't won those games, if they win those games, all right, Kansas State has a really good shot at the Big 12 title game, 
because they lost to two of the three teams they'd be tied with. Now, does that make sense? Hell no, it doesn't make sense. Like, Oklahoma's got the best win. They beat Texas. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. That's better than any K-State win. But K-State lost its game. Follow me here. They lost to Oklahoma State and lost to Texas, which means they beat everybody below them. And that's where the tiebreaker goes. If a multiple team tiebreaker exists and they have not all played each other head to head, it gets kicked down and anything you've played gets kicked out. So the bottom line is this. If K-State wins their games, look, all eight of these games between these four teams, these four teams will be favored. Okay, they're all, so eight games total, they're all favored. If all eight games are victories by the favored team, K-State plays Texas in the title game. That's what's existing. Now, you can hate the tiebreaker, but I understand why they did it. I don't like it. I want divisions. I want divisions in the new league. And I think they ought to do four team divisions is the way to do it. Rotate them around. Get a chance to play everybody in your league. There are some easy four-team pods where you play those three teams every year. You can rotate around to the other divisions year by year. Be a very simple thing to do. I don't know why they don't do it, but it's going to be this way all the way around. They're going to have weird tiebreakers for the championship game. Very, very strange stuff. But Kansas State actually is benefiting because right now they're in a four, let's assume they're in a four-team tie. They're in a four-way tie. Well, no, they're not because Texas is exempt from that. They're in a three-way tie. Texas, if they win, they're just in. They've only got one loss. But if they, even if they lost it, I think the hardest game for anybody to play here is Texas at Iowa State. I can see Iowa State beating them. And if they do, it's crazy. It's mayhem at that point. We got so many two-loss teams, it's crazy. Anyway, it's a three-team three deal right now. K-State, Oklahoma State, and OU. I'm omitting Iowa State because the premise of this exercise is Kansas State will beat Iowa State. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying that that's the premise of this exercise. In the three-way tie, K-State benefits because they lost to Texas. Now go figure that. The tiebreaker as it stands now is how did you do against the common opponents with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? That's KU and UCF. And again, assuming K-State wins its last two, they will have won both games against Kansas and UCF and the other teams didn't. Bizarre tiebreakers. So no, we're not getting too deep into that. We'll address more of that next week on this podcast. Man, I love this story, and I hope people's interpretation of it is right. Gary Woodland, the golfer from the University of Kansas, who underwent a lengthy surgery to remove a lesion on his brain two months ago, is making waves that he's intent on returning to competitive golf. He's a four-time PGA Tour winner and 2019 U.S. Open champ. By the way, does anybody remember that was at Pebble Beach, and he beat Brooks Kepka, who was charging? I mean, that is one of the great major wins ever, Gary Woodland. He released on social media a picture of him hitting golf balls at the range, driving range, saying, this journey has been very hard, but I'm extremely thankful to be progressing and for the unconditional love and support from everyone. You've all made this process a little easier for me and my family. Thank you to everyone and look forward to seeing you all next year, which sounds like he wants to go play golf next year. That is amazing. Now, a lot of media outlets have run with it and say he's coming back and whatever. I... I it didn't say that to me. It said he's hoping to, I don't think you make any of these decisions yet, but it was a little ominous when his publicist, after the surgery, released the information that they removed most of the lesion, but not all of it. 
I think that was troublesome to some. But we don't know what it is. We don't know much information on this, and we really don't care to know or have the right to know. Eventually, we'll know. And we just wish the very best for Gary Woodland and his family. He's a, a good man. He's done great things for military charities. I just, I'm a Gary Woodland fan, man. And we are pulling for you. And that's awesome that you're up and around and hitting some golf balls. That's really cool stuff. Monday Night Football was wild. The Broncos beat the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills are out of the playoffs as of right now. They, they got a long road to get back. More, t- more turnovers for Buffalo. And Denver's defense is really coming on. That's nine turnovers in their last two games. They took it away from the Chiefs five times, took it away from Buffalo four. But Denver wasn't great. Denver missed two PATs, and they essentially missed the game-winning field goal. Okay, this was a disaster. I I hate, now I was watching the Manning cast last night because Mahomes was on there, and he was great. He described himself as someone who runs weird. He says he's worn the same red underwear every game for the last six years. He's got some weird things. It was a great segment with Mahomes on the Manning cast. But Peyton Manning's my guy. Like, he complains about coaching and game management and timeouts more than anybody I've ever seen. I And I love it. I couldn't believe what Sean Payton tried to do at the end of this game. He's got 24 seconds left. It's third and whatever. The clock is stopped. And they've got a chip shot to go from down one, 24, or 22-21, to a 24-22 lead. And he takes the snap with no timeouts left. And as his quarterback, Neal, and they run the kicking unit out, and they run the offense off, and hurry up and try to kick the field goal. The clock is down to six, five, four. When he kicks it, it's a live clock. They can't stop it. And Lutz misses it right. Uh Uh-oh. But the Bills have 12 men on the field because, of course, they did. This was a game of giveaway last night. Two teams that are pretty much the same, 500 caliber teams, giving away the football game with poor coaching all night long. So Denver gets another shot. This time the clock is stopped. They reset everything, and he makes it, and Denver wins the game. And I will ask you, with 24 seconds left, and they've committed four turnovers, are you really that worried that if you take this lead and you give Buffalo 20 seconds that they're going to beat you when you're up to? Are you really that concerned? You got a much greater chance of missing a field goal by hurrying out there and kicking. This was bad coaching. In fact, Russell Wilson could have taken the snap and acted like he was going to take a knee. They were so close, he could have then run backwards seven or eight yards. Heck, he might have been able to run seven seconds off the clock. And then four more with the kick. Spike it. Stop the clock. Go kick your field goal. I don't understand. Or why not roll him out to the right and roll a receiver out to the right, get him out of the pocket and throw it in the seats. That would have run off five, six, seven seconds and stopped the clock. I I just don't get it. I don't get these coaches, man. Sometimes they try to outthink themselves or something. Six games were decided in the NFL this weekend at the buzzer. Six at the buzzer. That is an NFL record. So the worst slate of games we've seen all year, which it was, we talked about it last week, Terrible slate of games provided the most drama because it was a bunch of mediocre teams playing a bunch of mediocre teams. There were a lot of good teams not playing this week. And six games were decided at the buzzer, including the Broncos, who get another victory. This one over Buffalo. I was rooting for the Broncos. I was rooting hard for the Broncos. K-State and Missouri won easy college basketball games last night. 
Kansas plays Kentucky on Tuesday night. We're going to learn a lot more about Kansas and Kentucky. I love KU in that game. I never like Kentucky early in the year. Most times I don't like Kentucky late in the year. <laughs> so you got to like Kansas. This is a, we know what KU Kentucky games are. It's Bill Self against John Calipari. It's not close. It is not fair. It's not a fair fight. Kansas is bringing a giant bomb and Kentucky's bringing a pea shooter. Sporting Kansas City will face the Houston Dynamo in the Western Conference semifinal November 26th. This is weird playoffs. Sporting had a three-game series against St. Louis to advance. Then they have to wait two and a half weeks to play one match against Houston. Single elimination now. This will be on Apple TV. I think the 26th is a Sunday. That's right. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. If they win, they play in the conference final December 2nd or 3rd. If they win that, the MLS Cup is December 9th. Here's what Sporting Kansas City has going for them. They're playing Houston. Houston's 4-1 and one against KC in the playoffs all time. This is the 46th match between them, which is the most in the Sporting Kansas City area against any team. Sporting was able to beat Houston in the playoffs the year they won the title in 2013. The other years, they, all, they, they played them four other times. They lost every time. And they're a big underdog in this match. Get this for Sporting Kansas City. They're the only, there's eight teams left, four in each conference. Single elimination now. Sporting is the only one, not a one through four seed. Sporting knocked out the one, St. Louis. So they advanced. In the East, you have the seeds one, two, three, and four. In the West, you have seeds two, three, four, and Sporting Kansas City at eight. That's wild, man. They have made the most of this season, no question. Our final final is brought to you by Roberts Robinson, online at robertsrobinson.com. For all things Chevrolet and GMC, call my man Tim Trader on the showroom floor, 816-826-1563. Don't forget, Roberts Robinson is home of the lifetime warranty on every single new Chevy or GMC. robertsrobinson.com. We are professional grade. Jocelyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. This holiday season, she'd like something that sparkles. Why not visit Jocelyn's now? It's a fun shopping experience. I promise you will enjoy shopping at Jocelyn's. It is so old school and old fashioned. You're going to love it. The reps there are non-commissioned. They know their product line inside and out. Ask for Dave or Cameron when you're in there or Gary. Gary's in on, I think, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Ask for Gary, Dave, Cameron, one of my guys. At Joslin's Jewelry, the jeweler you'll recommend to your friends and family. And Buck Roofing and Construction and Buck Disposal. Two great companies, one great name. Buck says it all. For Buck Roofing, get a free roof inspection at 913-384-2680. If you're looking for disposal containers at your work site, call Buck Disposal at 913-242-7695 or online at buckdisposal.com. Our final final is the, the Arkansas-Auburn game this past Saturday. Arkansas was down 27-3 to Auburn at the half. They eventually lost 48-10. Sam Pittman, their coach, is dead man walking. Did he give him a stem winder, a win-one for the Gipper speech? What was it like in that locker room at halftime? You're down 27-3. You're on full scholarship and probably making money at the University of Arkansas. It just means more. It's the SEC. And so what do we have? We have a video circulating on social media from inside the Arkansas locker room at halftime where several Arkansas players were gathered around a large screen TV in the corner of the locker room watching a Christmas movie. 
before Thanksgiving, might I add. The Polar Express was on, and it's halftime, and you're getting your butt kicked 27 to 3, and you're watching The Polar Express. <laughs> that alone is a fireable offense. I'm sorry. It's over at Arkansas. Mizzou, you got the best final of the season ever. You got Florida at home. You're better than they are. You got Arkansas on the road, and they're a disaster. Enjoy your awesome 10-2 and two season. There's our final final. Hey, please hit that like or follow button or subscribe if you haven't yet, or tell a friend about it. Let them know about the podcast. Show them on their phone how to hit subscribe, like, or follow. Take all the listeners we can get. It is a big election year. We've got less than a year to a big election, so we need to really mobilize the troops here and get more and more people listening and motivated to go make a difference in their community and get out the vote for conservative candidates at Kevin Keatsman as Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 